Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Thank you, Jesus. I know we're used to making noise, but can you just lift your hands and give God praise? Just wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we're used to making noise, and that's okay. But right now, we just just lift your hands and give God what you owe Him. Just just lift your hands and let the tears flow. It's okay. Let the tears fall. It's okay. Yeah. 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 He's been that good. He's been that good. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 through 12, they read as follows. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O, ch- you, o children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and in your contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing, listen to this, until... There is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations, we're not doing it for this reason, but then all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a land of delight says the Lord of hosts. If there's a topic for this message, the topic is we tithe. We tithe, part two. (laughs) We tithe, part two. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you for your anointing. Stay with us today. You've already started to work. We thank you for every minister that has gone before up to this point. We thank you for 
Minister Deandra Richardson, we thank you for the anointing that she carries and the way that she, how you've gifted her to walk us into your presence. We thank you. We thank you for Dr. Tamika Furby and the way that you've gifted her to walk us to the throne and to get exactly what we need from you. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for being able to gather even though we're separate. And we pray today that you would allow for us, even though we're in different places, you would be the omnipresent one. You would be the one that does everything for all of us wherever we are. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This week's culture-making moment is simple. It comes from a book written by Stephen Covey, which is titled Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He wrote down seven habits that are used that he shared in study as he was consulting with people who were very effective or as he were, words it, highly effective in whatever sphere of influence that they had responsibility for. He wrote down seven habits, seven common traits that were communicated from his perspective about what was common with regard to these people who are very effective, very successful, highly effective people. And the fifth one was they seek to understand. They seek to understand. Most people listen with the intent to reply instead of an intent to understand. Instead of listening to the one communicating with us, we listen to ourselves as that individual is talking so that we can prepare in our minds what we're going to say in response, the questions we're going to ask in response, and the things that we're going to challenge in response to what's being communicated to us. We filter everything we hear through our own life experiences and our own frame of reference, and we check what we hear against our autobiography and see how it measures up with what the other individual is saying. Consequently, we decide prematurely how wrong the other is. I'll say it again. Consequently, before we even hear what the other person is saying, we decide how wrong the other individual is, or we decide to agree with them without actually having heard exactly what they've said. Instead of listening to respond, to validate our own thoughts, I am offering that the Church of the Redeemer is going to have a culture where we seek to understand instead of to be understood. We are going to create culture here that allows for empathy for the purpose of growth. We will hear to understand and to ensure everyone, and I mean everyone, has a safe place to share what God is doing in, with, and through them. And when, then we will pray and we will ask God not to lead us to our own response, but we will listen fully and pray so that we have the mind of God before we respond. In doing so, we will allow God to be God and we will allow each person that is collectively associated with us to be vulnerable, safe, loved. And this is very, very important. And we will commit to speaking only when prompted by Holy Spirit with what God wants our brother or our sister to hear, even if that means you have 
nothing to say. The obligation that we have put upon ourselves to speak when other people speak oftentimes is an obligation that comes from culture and we communicate things that God doesn't really want the other person to hear because we've, we're filtering what we've heard through our own lens. But we are going to be a culture where we seek to understand instead of to be understood. At Redeemer, we are committed to God being glorified even in our communication. And this brings us to our text, our topic for this week. Last week, we began a conversation about financial giving. Our focus was on tithing. And I have to offer that I've never revisited a topic in the six, seven years. That since I, I guess my first time I was licensed, I was 21 years old. So it's been about 20 years. I've never revisited a topic before. But I got caught short last week. And I want to talk about that. In the week, in the way of review, for the benefit of our collective understanding, and so we have common language, the tithe is 10% of every dime and every dollar that comes into your possession. 10% of every dime and every dollar that comes into your possession. And the tithe is given to the local church. This is the minimum request of God as an act of faith to and for every believer. God would say to us, if you say you believe me, if you say you're following me, if you say you love me, then do this. Simple thing for me. Give. Give 10% of every dime and every dollar that comes into your possession. Give obediently. Give when it's easy and give when it's difficult. Give sacrificially and give specifically. Not just sacrificially, but give specifically. Give 10% of everything that you receive to the church that you call yourself a member of. Say amen, somebody. Give 10% of everything you receive to the church that you call yourself a member of. And I will offer that this is not a buy-in for your membership into the kingdom of God. Come on, church. This is not a means whereby you purchase good favor with God's people. This, saints, is a heart issue. It's an act of, act of faith expressed to God and shared with your community. And this act of faith can at times be challenging, because it, and it gets challenging for two reasons. First, we don't always think that we have enough to give the 10% to God, right? And we don't always think that we have enough to give the 10%. We don't always think that the 90 that's left is going to be enough for us to, we don't always think yeah. that because we know that there's a lot that we have obligation for. And not just the obligations, we also know that there's a lot that we want to do. We're obligated to a lot, but there's also a lot that we want to do. There are needs and there are wants, and we sometimes don't think that the 90% is going to be enough to do all of the needs and all of the wants. But secondly, we don't always believe or like the community that we're giving to. Hmm. We don't always like or believe in the community that God called us to give to. So we decide to hold back with regard to a Christian economic voting system. We decide to hold back what God has commanded us to give because we think that our act of protest to the local church will show that we do not 
agree. And that is exactly what makes this saints an act of faith. I mean, think about it. Scripture is full of examples of people who are called by God to do something in faith and they didn't think that they could do it. Moses, when he was called, had all kinds of excuses as to why he couldn't do what God knew he could do. But he did it anyway and he had to have the faith in God, faith in God enough to believe God even when he couldn't believe in himself. Gideon was called by God to lead God's people and tested God multiple times before he was willing to do what God knew Gideon could already do. Barak, the commander of war before God's people, heard the word of God from the prophetess Deborah, but did not have enough trust in God to do what God was asking. So Deborah led the people of God into victory because she was the one that was full of faith and Barak did not have faith enough in God to do what God had called him to do. He didn't believe, they didn't believe at the first time, in the beginning, that the 90%, what God had given them was enough for them. Additionally, there are example after example of people who are called to serve God's people in specific ways, but they didn't like the people they were called (laughs) to serve. Noah, think about it, called as a messenger of God, was mocked for years as he was building an ark of safety. And I'm sure that created some resentment, but he did it anyway. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, let alone preach salvation to them. But under duress, he did it anyway. Even Jesus recognizes his humanity when he prayed for the forgiveness of his murderers as he was hanging on the cross, looking at those he came to save, eat packed lunches, as he, as he was being crucified. Yeah. They're sitting there enjoying their lunch as he was being crucified. But he allowed himself to say, Lord, forgive them, yeah, 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 yeah. for they know not what they do. God doesn't call us to give because it's easy, saints. God calls us to give because every time we do, we check our hearts with the spirit. And this is why I feel like the Lord stopped me short last week. I was confused. I'm going to admit it. I was confused as to why God stopped me short last week. I had no idea what was going on in the atmosphere, but I felt something change, Minister D. I felt something change when we got to a specific point in the message, and I didn't know how to shift an empty room. I didn't know how to shift an empty room. I know you're there with me, but I didn't know. And this is why you need to pray for your pastors. Everywhere you need to pray for your pastors because we have been trained. We've been practicing for years how to shift a room. When God speaks to us, we can modify and shift the words to accommodate what God is doing in the spirit. But sometimes when we don't get the affirmation from a crowd, we have to try to figure out where and how to shift. This is why you have to help us. And we have to go to God in prayer every single week on your behalf. I was confused because I wanted to talk about the the mathematics of tithing. And God was communicating something so much more that I wasn't quite ready to communicate about. God didn't care about the mathematics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Of tithing. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. God yeah. didn't yeah. care about the 10% yeah. and no. the ninth. We all know that. We're mature believers. What God wanted to communicate and what God wants to communicate right now is that this tithe that some of us have been holding back is a matter of your heart. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm, help us, Jesus. This tithe that some of us are giving out of obligation is a matter of your heart. I really believe that what God wanted to call out for us as a congregation is tithing is simply a, is simply a fact that it's a heart matter. If you're having trouble with your 10%, don't go to the bank account. Don't try to figure out your budget. Don't talk to somebody else and say, can you help me? I think God is trying to tell us that we need to go to God in prayer. You're having a hard time doing what God wants you to do. I think it's time for us as a body, not just to look at our finances and balance them out. I think it's time for us to check our motives throughout two, almost two years. Hasn't been not two years yet. Through almost two years, God has shut the world down and has allowed us to shut down so that we can have isolation and think about all of the things that he brings to the surface. And we are ready to open back up. We're ready to talk about when and where and how we can come back to normal life. But it seems like God's not done with us in isolation yet. It seems like God still wants to allow some things to rise to the surface, some impurities that God wants to scrape off and throw away so that they are never in our way again. And this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to go to God in prayer and talk about not just the 10%, but your hearts matter with regard to to the 10%. Go to God in prayer and ask, why is this a struggle for me? What has happened or is happening in my life that is hiding me from you? (laughs) Hear it, hear it, hear it. What is happening for me? Why is this a struggle? Why am I hiding from you with regard to my finances? Where, God, am I hurting or where have I been hurt by people that I'm blaming you for? How do you want me to heal by giving? How do you want me to make this right, Lord? Often our lack of faith is first expressed, saints, through our finances. Often our lack of faith is first expressed through our finances. When we get hurt by the church, we stop giving. (laughs) When we don't like something that somebody said, we stop giving. When we disagree with the decision that's been made, the first thing we do is we stop giving. Giving, not realizing that we're only hurting ourselves because when we stop following, because we have stopped following biblical principles. So God is asking us as a church, where is your faith today? Is it in me or is it in the people, the systems and the structures that represent me? This is why I got stuck last week, because God was preparing, I was prepared, excuse me, to share information. But God was ready to communicate rededication. (laughs) I was prepared to share information, but God wanted to communicate rededication. Please remember, saints, the book of Malachi is a book written by the messenger. The messenger, not a man named Malachi. It was written by the messenger of God, which is what Malachi actually means, to 
not the unbeliever, but to the people of God. It was written, it was not written to a people who were not in relationship with God. It's not a book that is focused on convincing the unholy that holiness is right. It's not at all that kind of book. It is a book that is written to people who are know, who are in relationship with and know the Lord as a means to communicate how far they've strayed from God. A friend of mine once communicated about their almost 30-year marriage, that successful relationships are successful because you recognize the centimeters. What does that mean? It means that when you're hurt by your partner or your friend or your person with whom you're in relationship, it causes you to react in some way. Sometimes that pain is discussed and the relationship can be repaired and restored before anyone reacts or retreats. But sometimes that small infraction can cause the hurt partner to retract or retreat just a little bit. Say a centimeter. Just a centimeter. And that centimeter of pain caused, if not resolved, will allow for it to be easier for another small retreat or another small pulling away and another and another. Each retraction or each retreat is so small that it goes unnoticed. But when you pile all of them up, each centimeter becomes inches. And those inches become feet. I pray you're hearing me. Those inches become feet. And those feet become miles. And those miles become separate lives. This is how you have two people who were once madly in love turn into roommates because they didn't address the centimeters worth of hurt as they occurred so that they could stay close. And I will offer that the infractions that we feel in church are infractions that create centimeter-sized retreats, not from the people of God, but from God, God's self. You have been hurt by someone and that someone allows for that pain from someone has created such an infraction inside of you that you don't blame them. You know that they might have done it. You know that flesh and blood is what we fight against. But spirits are not flesh and blood, but spirits are what we fight against. And when that person comes against you and they hurt you, you blame God and God's people, even though they may not know how they hurt you, even though they may not know what they did, God becomes the object of your acquittal. (laughs) You walk away just a little bit and you start to ask God questions. Your relationship with God starts to erode and the trust that you have has been bruised and your faith can then cause you to move away. Your lack of faith can cause you to move away from God centimeter by centimeter. You start to ask God, God, why did you do that? A centimeter. God, where did they go? (laughs) I thought that was my... A centimeter. God, why did you let them talk to me or treat me that way? A centimeter. God, why was I the one that they chose to abuse? God, why did it happen to me? 
a centimeter, a centimeter's worth of pain causes you to walk away from God just a little bit, just a little bit. And most people are looking and they don't even notice your pain. But God is standing there saying to you, come back to me. I know they hurt you, but I still love you. I see you've gone away. Why don't you just return and we can have a conversation? But we're standing before God saying, I'm fine. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong. I'm good. They didn't hurt me. I'm stronger than that. I still love you, sort of. Or as Malachi puts it, we go to God and we say, how did we rob you? Lips all twisted up, looking at a, at, with an attitude in your voice, telling God, God is obviously overreacting at the way that God is asking you questions, knowing all along that your pain has caused separation from the king. And, and we show it through signs that otherwise go unnoticed by people that don't really care. <laughs> we show up less. Yeah. Yeah. We stop giving. We serve in the ways that our hearts are connected, but we serve less. We self-soothe more with the sin of our choice. We do more fun out, and we pray less. We take more time with friends, and we spend less time with God. And all the while, God is saying, come, 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 just hang out with me. We can fix this. And we're like, I need to go and clear my head a little bit, you know. God is saying, remember when we used to spend time together? I missed that. You want to spend some time with me today? And God, and we're like, no, I'm a little busy today. Remember when we used to talk for hours? I'd love to talk to you again. Are you, you got a little bit of time? And we're like, I'll let you know. I'll get back to you. Or you provide no response at all. And we can't respond to God because we're crushed and dead inside (laughs) because we're crushed by what happened to us and our relationship in our relationship with God we're dead inside because our understanding of God our theology was destroyed by circumstances or people that we have not no idea how to relate to God anymore because what God's people did and what we read in scripture do not make sense to us. Saints, I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. There was a season in my life where I served a church that operated in ways that I literally could not understand. It destroyed my faith And it eventually destroyed my marriage. I thought that I was tough enough to endure that pain. But I lived my life for the next five years hating God's people and not wanting anything to do with the Lord's church. I'm going to testify if you don't like it, I don't care. I hated God's people and wanted nothing to do with the Lord's church. I went to church, but only because I knew it was right for me to go. (laughs) I was hiding my heart. I was hiding my pain by being in the right place. And I thought nobody would know how I was feeling on the inside. Did I love God? Absolutely, I did. But was I still saved? Was I still saved? Absolutely, you bet. But did I trust that God had my best interests at heart? Not one bit. 
Did I trust God's people to function as scripture teaches? Mm-mm. Did I trust the church to be a place of safety for the broken? <laughs> no, ma'am, no, sir. I love God, but I ain't trust God. I loved him. I loved the God of my salvation, but I didn't trust him. And it showed up first in my giving. I stopped tithing. I'm going to testify. I stopped tithing. Then I stopped praying. (laughs) Then I stopped serving. All because I stopped trusting. It was only recently that I returned to tithing again, just a few years ago. And that was done because I needed to get my heart right with God. But restoration came for me, saints, in reverse. I had to learn first how to trust God even when people were not trustworthy. And it was difficult because people are who God uses to bless us when we need it most. So when I, they didn't do what God said they do, I had to remind myself that God has a plan, but people make decisions. I had to remind myself that God has a plan, but people make decisions. Then I had to get back to serving, learning that I had something to share even when my heart isn't in the sharing that I have to do. And I was helped by that with the book of Romans where Paul says, gift and calling are without repentance. You are gifted and you are called and you are supposed to be doing what you are supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God, whether your heart is in it or your heart is not in it. You don't have to repent to be gifted, saints. Hello, church. You don't have to repent to be gifted. You don't have to repent to be used of God. I ain't going to go into that too much, but I know too many people doing too many things, and they are anointed by God. And they can. Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Gift and calling are without repentance, and we are called to serve where we are. And it helped me to get where I needed to be with regard to who God called me to be. And lastly, I had to return to my conversation with God. I'm sorry. Thirdly, I had to return to my conversation with God. I got this red chair in my home. And that red chair was my altar. That red chair was the place where I would go and I would sit down. And I would have all the the hardest conversations that I need to have with God. And it became a place in this season of my life of avoidance. (laughs) Help us, Jesus. It became a place in my life, in this season of my life of avoidance, to the point where I allowed it to become my dog's chair. I allowed the place that was the altar for me to be given to an object that wasn't even worthy to sit in a chair at all. I gave up the place that God had for us to something that wasn't even worthy. Help us, Lord, to be in the presence of the king. But I went back, and I had to understand that that place that was special to us had to be reclaimed. 
But I first had to reclaim it because in a way that said, my heart is yours again. Not just my time. My heart is yours again. And then finally, my heart was ready to trust God again in the area that mattered most, my finances. Did you hear that? After having gone through a a season of life where I didn't trust God with anything, I then had to learn how to trust God with my own emotions, my own heart. I had to trust God with community, with relationship with other people. And after that, after all of that healing occurred, after God took time with me, God then started to communicate with me about, will a man rob God? We've rushed past the heart matter. And we've tried to get to our purses. When in all actuality, God don't care nothing about your money. Come on now. God cares where your heart is. You are robbing God. You are robbing God because your heart is broken. And God wants to heal it. If you are stealing from God, you're stealing from God because you've not gone to God with the most intimate details of your life. Because you don't trust God with the things that matter, holy Jesus, with the things that matter most to you. You don't trust. You love God, but you don't trust that God has your best interests at heart. And now, at that time, God is saying, thereby put me to the test. Put me, hallelujah, put me to the test and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing where there is no more need. If you want the promise that heaven has to offer to you, saints, we've got to go back to a place where our hearts are healed. If you really want God to open up the windows of heaven, and pour out for you a blessing where there is no more need, you have to allow God to fill the needs and the voids that are inside of you that nobody sees. So then God can communicate and start to fill the voids that are outside of you so that all the nations will start to call you blessed. God wants to heal us before He supplies to us. I understand that we all want to get to Sunday morning, but sometimes we need to sit in Friday afternoon. I understand that we want to dance. I understand we want to shout. I understand we want to praise. But sometimes we have to sit in Friday afternoon. We need to get, the. in order for us to get the promise of resurrection, we need to stay sometimes in a place where God can allow our sin to be exposed and we can allow for God to heal us from the inside out. We can allow for the pain that has been experienced from us serving and us living for God and God's people. We can allow for that to be healed by the power of the Most High God. I know it's difficult, saints, but it's still the call of God. I know it's hard. But it's still the call of God. I know that some of us have been serving in church for decades. But your heart is broken. 
Now that's the reason why the altar is open. This altar call is not for anybody that is not saved. This time, can you not play for 14 seconds? Real, just because I feel like this altar call is not for those who are unsaved. This altar call is for those who are saved and have gone away centimeter by centimeter. You've walked away from the king centimeter by centimeter. You've, your, your service, you're still here. You're still a member. Yeah, you are. But you've allowed infractions to pull you away. Not from the church, but from relationship with the king. You have enough that your 10% is not hard for you. But you don't give it anyway. Because you've bought into the economic voting system of the church. So you walk away. Centimeter by centimeter. You have allowed the pain of relationship with others to cause you to blame the king. And that blaming of the king has kept you from relationship. And you've You've not turned your back. You've just pulled back a little bit. You've not turned around. You've just put some distance between you and the king. God's calling you today. Can you? Thank you. For, God's calling you today. This is the thing that God calls the tithe. And this thing that God calls a tithe is not a test of our pocketbooks. It's a test of our hearts. It's a test of our hearts. A lot of us are still serving, but we don't trust the God we're serving. We don't trust him. And the reason why we don't trust him is because somebody that represents him hurt us. Somebody that we prayed about. And we thought we had a word from the Lord. They hurt us. Something that we were doing in the Lord's church. We knew that it was a call of God for us to operate in that way. But when we tried, we were met with resistance that we didn't expect. And it hurt us. And then we, instead of persevering and asking God why because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places but we didn't know that at the time and that person was a representative of God that person was supposed to protect us but they hurt us and we're blaming God now and now we're in a position where we love the God of our salvation but we don't trust the God of our salvation. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. How have we robbed you? In tithe and in offering. The 
the only way you can get back to relationship with the king is by trusting God again. So with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I just want to pray a simple prayer over the people of God who have been hurt by the people of God. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. And God, I thank you for being able to say that because that's not the part that's in question. We love you more than life itself. We love you more than we even know. You have saved our lives. You have protected us. You have watched over us. You have given us things that we couldn't have even imagined. You have done things for us that that we didn't even understand we needed. Father, we love you. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for watching over us. We thank you for making ways for us when we didn't know that a way even needed to be made. You've been good. You've been faithful. And we thank you for being such a wonderful God to us. But today we admit that there's something that's keeping us from real right relationship with you. Today we admit that even though we love you, we don't quite trust you. Ah, Even though we love you, we don't quite trust you. You brought us through some hard things. But God, we had to go through some hard things. You brought us through some trying times. But those trying times scarred us in ways that we don't care to admit. But today we offer you our pain. Today we offer you our pain. And we ask, Lord, that you would heal us from the inside out. We thank you for this conversation about tithing. But, Lord, I pray that you would allow for our hearts to be healed so that our tithe can be given from pure places. I pray, Lord, that all the things that the enemy came to rob, you told us in your word that you would not allow the devourer to come in and steal from us. You said you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. But the devourer has come in and stolen our faith at times. And Lord, we put ourselves back on the altar today. We ask, Lord, that you would heal us, that you would help us, that you would forgive us for walking away from you centimeter by centimeter by centimeter by centimeter by centimeter and I pray Lord that you would help us to trust you one more time restore unto us the joy of our salvation help us to seek to be understanding instead of just 
being understood. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen and amen and amen. It hurts Lord when you walk away. It hurts Lord when you stray. It really hurts him to see his children dying. Yeah. When they don't choose to trust his way. But he says, I'll be waiting for you. something this ain't gonna happen overnight but it's something that we need to sit in we need to sit in you need to sit right here you need to sit right here we need to sit right here right here right here for those of us who are saved that are in relationship with the king god is waiting for you Those of you who have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, 
ever in your life. I understand that this word may not have been for you, but it is for you. Because that is, your lack of trust has kept you from accepting the Lord as your Savior. But today is your day. Now is your time. Today is your day. If you're willing to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and just learn to trust again, even though you've gone through what you've gone through, put an emoji in the screen. Say it's me. Give us indication that you're one that just wants to learn how to trust God again. You want to communicate, commit your life again to the King. For those who have walked away from God, and you're ready to come back home. Now is the time and today is the day. Put an emoji in the screen just with your hand lifted or say it's me. However you want to do that. And for those of you who want to join with Redeemer, Church of the Redeemer Baptist. Church of the Redeemer Baptist is a great place to call home. And to grow together in faith with like-minded believers. We won't get it perfect. But we promise that when we get it wrong, we'll do our best to make it right. So if that's you, if you want to join with us as a member of this local congregation, just put an emoji in the screen and say it's me. For salvation, for rededication, or for membership, just communicate now with us as we transition into our communion time, our communion service. We'll turn it over to Dr. Furby as she leads us into this next phase of our worship. this is my body broken for you do this in remembrance 
Love me. Don't eat yet. 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 Is my body broken for you? Do this in remembrance of me. Don't eat yet. Don't eat yet. This is my body. This is my body that was broken for you. You think you hurt? Don't eat yet. You think you hurt? This is my body. This is my body that was broken. You think they hurt you? And you run away from me because you feel pain? Well, guess what? This is my body. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. This is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now let's eat together. You think it's hard for you to serve? You think it's hard for you to do what God called you to do? Because of and in spite of, this is my blood, which was shed for you. Their words may have hurt, but this is my blood, which was shed for you. What they did was not my will. This is my blood shed for you. Do this, not in remembrance of your pain, not in remembrance of those people. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. conversation about consecration, rededication of the lives of your people to minister to us every day of this week until we are healed by the power in your great name. And we'll thank you for it and we'll praise you for it. And as we go, we will sing a hymn or whatever song we need to sing give God praise, remembering that he was wounded for our transgressions. That's a place where the church should be praising. He was bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Can you praise him for healing? Can you praise him for lifting you? Can you praise him for giving you peace when chaos wants to rule? Can you praise him for helping you out of the muck and the mire of your own? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
We glorify you. We magnify you. We give you praise. Give the land. 